Live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, this is a special edition of Positively West Virginia, the COVID-19 Daily Business Briefing. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. For those of you joining us live on Facebook, welcome and thanks for tuning in. And for those listening on the podcast, thanks for joining us as well. We really appreciate you guys. Normally on this podcast, we interview West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with you and thousands of others each week on iTunes, Spotify, and through our statewide distribution network with WVNews.com. However, since March 19th, we've been bringing you these daily special edition broadcasts, and we're focused specifically and intentionally around this basic question. What can West Virginia businesses do right now to navigate this pandemic storm that we're all facing? When we first started this podcast back in 2017, our goal was to inspire people in West Virginia with examples of real-life entrepreneurs and business owners who've built their companies right here in West Virginia. Quite simply, our goal is to help West Virginia businesses win. We appreciate the opportunity each week to tell positive, inspirational stories that encourage people and start their business here in the Mountain State and keep their companies here and make West Virginia stronger than ever before. Of course, you can learn more about our mission at PositivelyWV.com. Every day, we're coming to you live with special subject matter experts right here in West Virginia to help our business owners and leaders with practical ideas to use and maybe some inspiration to get you through the storm. It's hard to believe, but this today is actually our 27th episode of doing this daily. So we're very thankful for that opportunity. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Today I'm honored to have on the show Rebecca McPhail. Rebecca McPhail is president of the West Virginia Manufacturers Association. Since 2013, Rebecca has been working to improve the health and well-being of the manufacturing industry all across West Virginia. Rebecca was our guest on the podcast back on March 21st, 2019, a year ago, on episode 62, and I'd encourage you to go check that episode out as well. She has a great story. It's an honor to have Rebecca McPhail as our guest today. Rebecca, thank you for being on the show. Jim, thanks for having me back. Yes, a repeat uh, repeat guest. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, Rebecca, we've got a lot to cover today. I've got some things I want to talk about, and hopefully you have some things you want to talk about. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I thought I'd ask, how are you doing right now personally? And it's this crisis that we're in, uh, you and your family. How are you guys getting along? Well, we are all adjusting to the new normal. Um, you know, in, in addition to working, I, of course, I'm a parent to two boys, um, one of whom is a senior in high school this year. So that's been um, kind of a, a letdown to some sure, degree yeah. um, to, to see the changes for our, our seniors. And, and we're pleased to see that, that the school systems and the state seem to be intent on on honoring them as graduates. And, and we're looking forward to doing that later in the summer. But um, certainly, um, I have a, a newfound respect for our educators in trying to work through uh, daily lessons and, and keep everybody up to speed um, on their studies. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. They've, they've, that's a, 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 it's a tall task, and I think everybody in the state of West Virginia, from the education point of view, has been doing a great job with that. So thanks for mentioning that, Rebecca. Let's jump into it. First of all, you know, awesome. I'm glad you guys are doing well. But let's jump into it. Uh, tell the folks that are listening today, uh, especially live, what the West Virginia Manufacturers Association is all about and how you guys help people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the West Virginia Manufacturers Association is a trade association that represents the interests of the manufacturing industry in the Mountain State. And certainly, um, you know, the, the industry has quite an impact economically, um, pro- providing nearly 50,000 direct jobs um, and, and an additional 
um, three jobs for every one manufacturing job um, that that are supporting our industry. So, you know, you're you're looking at quite a few West Virginians that um, are are part of our economic system because of the jobs provided by manufacturing, in addition to um, being about 10 percent of of the state's economic output. Um, so and growing, I might say, um, you've seen a lot of, of companies coming to West Virginia and we hope that that trend continues. Um, but, but again, you're, you're looking at, um, we as, as an association, our, our members are all over the state representing, um, all sectors of the manufacturing economy, everything from chemical manufacturers to automotive, food grade, uh, manufacturing, pharmaceuticals and medicines, um, and just about everything in between, um, in every county in the state. Yeah. And we talked, uh, last year, one of the things that, uh, is kind of a, an up and coming segment of that manufacturing was like the food and beverage, uh, tobacco product kind of, uh, industry as well. And, and I feel like some people think of manufacturing of auto parts and chemicals, but it's, it runs the whole gamut. And I think that's, what's interesting about, uh, your organization that you, you represent a lot of entities in a lot of areas. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. We, we have, um, a very diverse manufacturing economy mm-hmm. in West Virginia. I think the thing that we talked about, uh, more than a year ago, which is hard to believe, is, is the craft brewing industry um, and artisan manufacturing as a whole in West Virginia is really something that is um, represents significant opportunity for growth. Um, that would be on the smaller side of the manufacturing industry, but certainly something that that can attract even mm. a tourism um, economy or growing of the tourism economy to the state. So we we work with um, all shapes, sizes, and types of manufacturers, and and it's kind of exciting to see what's made around West Virginia, um, the things that that we're using every day, and, and that are in heavily heavy use um, during this pandemic. Mm. Um, a lot of those things are coming right out of the mountain state. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that, Rebecca? Sure. Um, we we have been working with the National Association of Manufacturers, so I'll plug um, a hashtag for your listeners. Mm. Um, if you're on Facebook or Twitter um, and you look up the hashtag Creators Respond, you'll see thousands of stories about manufacturers um, all over the globe, um, but particularly here in the United States and also West Virginia, who've responded over the last several um, weeks and months to the needs created um, in COVID response. So, you know, in West Virginia, um, the chemical industry is the largest segment of manufacturing here in our state. Um, And among those manufacturers, you have companies like um, Dow Chemical, who've adjusted their processes and are now making hand sanitizers that are Hmm. being provided to first responders and in the medical field, um, sanitization products, Um, even our distilleries, going back to that artisan manufacturer in West Virginia, have been making and bottling um, and providing hand sanitizers. Um, Brasschem in Neal, West Virginia, is a a plant that um, makes components that are used in um, medical devices and medical products that are used by first responders mm. in COVID response. And, and that plant, um, you know, has gotten national coverage because their employees, without being asked, um, have, have camped essentially at the facility um, to avoid, you know, risking exposure, you know, by coming and going into the facility 
um, to COVID because they know how important it is that mm. they maintain operations as part of that medical supply chain. That's incredible. That's uh, inspirational just hearing that for sure. So, Rebecca, obviously you're talking with your members, the manufacturers that represent the the Manufacturers Association here in West Virginia, what's what's the current situation that you're seeing out there? I mean, obviously you, we hit on like what they're doing to respond to the to the situation, but those who aren't involved, what are you seeing out there? What's the latest that you'd like to share with us? Well, there, I'm I'm pleased to say that for manufacturers, um, you know. Our companies and in the manufacturing industry as a whole kind of hangs its hat on safety and innovation. So, you know, most states, including West Virginia, have deemed um, the majority of manufacturing operations as essential business. You're seeing all these orders come out, um, Mm -hmm. you know, at the state and federal level because of, you know, the types of things that we provide, not just in COVID response, but you know, food manufacturing, um, medicines and and things that manufacturers provide, um, electronics that a lot of us are using now, you know, in our work from home situations um, are all part of the manufacturing process and supplied by those folks. So um, overall, the the economic impacts for the industry vary and certainly by sector, some of those um, vary, obviously, you know, our automotive manufacturers in, uh, nationally have adjusted and are making things in response to um, the medical needs. But manufacturing and the manufacturing supply chain are critical um, to meeting not just the COVID needs, but the daily needs of our world. As I said, medicines, food, electronics, paper products, mm. Um, mm. all of those things. So we see that, you know, not only is the industry answering the call to COVID response, but they've adapted um, and they're providing the products that they need um, to respond. The the medical equipment, the PPE, mm. the sanitation products, manufacturers are getting those jobs done. And they're doing that in a way that provides safety and security for their employees. I mean, there's been a lot of innovation um, just among our companies here in West Virginia with regard to modifying operations in the wake of COVID um, to make sure that employees have a safe workplace um, and feel comfortable and confident that um, they're not being unnecessarily exposed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that uh, that we've talked with several guests, including uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito last Friday on the show, she uh, was talking about potential opportunities for manufacturing jobs and manufacturing companies and maybe even startups and new technologies and innovation like you were talking about uh, to come to not only the United States and bringing some of those uh, supply chain, uh, vital supply chain companies and products and, and uh, back into America, but hopefully into West Virginia too. What are some of the the long-term opportunities that you think are going to come out of this whole crisis that we've been going through the last five or six weeks? Sure. And, 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 and I should say, I think this is something that has been recognized and maybe even building um, to where we are today. Mm -hmm. And that's a recognition of of a need to kind of reshore manufacturing in the United States. And and we, (laughs) we as an association, um, obviously have been promoting policies and ways to make West Virginia kind of the epicenter of that or more attractive in for um, reshoring of manufacturing. And I think this, um, you know, Uh, trying to find a bright spot in some really challenging times, Mm. this has provided us an opportunity to shine 
with regard to that. Um, you know, our location in terms of the East Coast population, yet, um, you know, kind of a low population density um, and the lack of, or, or the, um, the opportunity to locate here um, is really something that is a selling point for mm. West Virginia. Mm. Um, you know, we, we've got the location, we've got the people, um, we've got um, the resources. I mean, we go back to, you know, one of the things that the WVMA has been very uh, vocal about is the need to develop um, or, or to maximize our shale resources in West Virginia by developing a downstream manufacturing economy for chemicals and petrochemical, yeah. many of which are used in, in the medical products and the sanitization products that we've talked about already. Um, we have a real opportunity to um, shine a light, not just on West Virginia, but on the region as we start to look at ways to um, reshore manufacturing of some mm. of the equipment maybe that we needed during this crisis but didn't have access to. Um, and, and beyond that, um, mm. just the overall importance of having a vibrant manufacturing economy and the stability that that provides. Absolutely. Um, and I think this is certainly an opportunity to do that. Well, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, energy. And I think about the ethane cracker plant that's being built. I'm up here in Morgantown, of course, and you know that. But, uh, you know, right just across the border up into Beaver County, you know, they've got the the, the ethane cracker plant uh, construction underway. And, and, I, and I think about, like, what that can mean with our close proximity. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, th there's a, a healthy balance that we have to strike. Mm -hmm. We've got, um, we've got an abundance of shale here sure. to, yeah. to um, a degree that is transformational for our region. And, and obviously there's the, the balance of maintaining that commodity price so that it, it provides a value for the companies um, that are developing the resources. And so some of that includes pipelines and moving some of that product um, mm -hmm. to other markets. But, you know, we're real advocates for developing the infrastructure in, in the region um, to store ethane and its derivatives, to um, move those around regionally to what could become manufacturing hubs and centers um, for chemical and petrochemical production. And, and we really believe that that's what provides the long-term sustainable financial benefit and economic benefit and the mm. jobs, frankly, yeah. um, that, that will be transformational for generations. I'll give you an opportunity uh, to have a, a little plug for your Marcellus and Manufacturing Development Conference. It's uh, an annual event. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and, and share some information I on that? Sure can. Um, we usually host that right there in your backyard yeah. in Morgantown. Um, we were scheduled to do that um, actually this, this month. Um, but given, given the guidance and, and recommendations related to mass gatherings, we've, we've changed to a virtual format this mm -hmm. year. Um, so we are doing three sessions, the first of which was this past Tuesday, but we have another next Tuesday on the 28th and, and a final session on May 5th. Um, and we're just looking ahead. We're looking, uh, hearing from experts about, um, the potential developments. We had the Undersecretary of Energy for, from the U.S. Energy Department hmm. um, earlier this week. Um, but we've just got, we're, we've got a jam-packed couple of sessions um, to really shine a light on where we can go um, in partnership with the oil and gas industry in West Virginia. And, you know, really that 
is so much a part of our economic future. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes beyond just the region to, you know, securing the nation's energy portfolio and providing some energy security um, for the United States. So I, I will um, drop a URL. Um, you can learn <laughs> more about that at at um, MMDC, MMDCWV.com. Um, lots of things um, to review there as far as the agenda and the speakers, but um, yeah. we're offering that at, at no cost to our members and members of other trade associations Very in cool. the state because we just think it's important um, to keep that conversation going, that there's life after this, and we've got to maintain a focus on that too. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll make sure we uh, have a link to that in the show notes section of the podcast as well. Rebecca, one of the things that uh, you know you were kind of talking about and it kind of got me thinking about um, you know, energy and manufacturing and all the diversity that you have. And, uh, a while back I had a great conversation with John Deskins. He's a mutual friend of ours. And John, uh, is, is with West Virginia university's uh, school, uh, college of business and economics. And he does a lot of economic forecasting and he talks about the fact that we've got to diversify our economy. And I asked him, it was probably, you know, six or eight months ago. I said, John, what's, what does that mean? What, how do we diversify? He says, I don't know, but we just have to diversify. <laughs> and I thought that was a pretty honest answer. But but what you're talking about is not just one thing. It's not just two things. It's a lot of different things. And I think that's what we mean by diversity is you've got to have, you know, these these manufacturing jobs are so important to West Virginia's economy. You know, I, I, I just a little bit of research I did, uh, it's almost 10% or, you know, 10% of the entire output of the state of West Virginia is in manufacturing. And, and we look around and we say, well, where are these manufacturing jobs? And we we, we see, a, you know, a, a large plant opening or a Toyota or a chemical company. We understand what that is. But then, it, like you said, it's a it's a lot of companies that make up manufacturing and those that 10% of our total output, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, in fact, if you if you start slicing and dicing the numbers, um, you know, you recognize companies like Toyota and Procter and Gamble and Dow mm-hmm. and um, NGK, some of these larger Mylan in yeah. Morgantown, yeah, larger yeah. manufacturers. But the reality is, is that the, those large companies make up less than ten percent of the manufacturing economy in West Virginia. Wow. I mean, there there are um, 1,100, roughly 1,100 manufacturing firms, and the large majority of them have less than 50 employees. Small um, business. You know, small business. Small business yeah. by very definition. Yeah. Um, and, and they're making, you know, things, they're making marbles. Um, they're making hardwood flooring. They're mm-hmm. making your cabinetry, um, just a little bit of everything. And, and to Dr. Deskin's point about economic diversity, you know, the manufacturing industry itself is, is very diverse. I mean, yeah. there are so many things there's, there's not often nothing, um, not many things that you're going to come into contact with that aren't a product of some sort of manufacturing process. Yeah. So what, let me ask you this, cause this, I, I think this is a, a, a a question that's been on my mind, and I, and I think about like what we were talking about in terms of opportunity and bringing some of these manufacturer manufacturing jobs back to the United States, making stuff in the country, even to a large degree. A lot of those jobs that are in China, I hate this. I'm not bashing China, but you know, can we bring some of those manufacturing jobs? I think there's going to be a big movement toward that, and it may take years to do. But the point is, is that what is the what are some of the hindrances? What are some of the obstacles that, that you see that we need to overcome to to make that actually happen? I mean, obviously, it's going to take a you know private enterprise, capitalism, and people putting their risk and their money up and starting these 
companies and, and creating products and finding niches in the market that they can fill a need. But what are some of the real obstacles that you see out there? Well, I, I think um, it, from the West Virginia perspective, and, and we've long battled battled this as, as an industry, um, you know, West Virginia is a little bit of an outlier in its tax structure for yeah. manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So um, those, uh, including those, you know, 8, 10, 20 person shops are paying tax on inventory machinery and equipment when that is not applicable in Ohio or Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, in fact, the, the effective tax rate um, on manufacturing in West Virginia is higher than any of its surrounding states. Mm. So we're working on that from a policy perspective mm-hmm. that has obvious Im- implications on state uh, revenues and that trickles to our counties and municipalities and schools. So we're cognizant of the fact that that needs to be balanced and, and carefully um, considered. Um, but but that's definitely an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would also say that, um, and we've come a long way, but, but making sure that we have the right type of workforce in terms of their training and education and and um, specialty skills um, is, is more and more important. And, you know, we're doing some things. Well, you saw Senate Bill 1 um, in 2019 pass through the legislature and it's really um, opened the door to community and technical education for yes. West Virginians. And I think that's going to have a dramatic impact on the quality of our workforce and the preparedness that we have for manufacturing growth. But even going further and getting into our middle schools and our high schools and demonstrating the opportunities that exist um, for careers in manufacturing. And we're talking about jobs, Jim, that on average um, pay more than $70,000 a year here mm. in West Virginia yeah. with benefits, mm. um, you know, with health care, with vacation. Um, mm. These are family sustaining jobs. And, and we, we want to see more of that. Yeah, and I think that'll be an encouragement to, to keep more of our young people here in the state. I and mean, that's one of my, my personal missions that I'm on when I started Positively West Virginia is to really talk about entrepreneurship and starting opportunities and building maybe your own opportunities, right? You can't find a decent job. You want to go to one of these states that may look a little bit better on paper, but in actuality, you give up a lot when you leave West Virginia. And I'm thinking like, how can we keep encouraging people to show, you know, shine the light on entrepreneurs who have actually said, I want to come back to West Virginia or I don't want to leave. I'm going to start my own opportunity and, and build a company that employs maybe a couple, you know, ha- a handful of people or a hundred or 200 people. And I think that to me is just incredible. And if we can keep spreading that word about, Hey, there is tremendous opportunity in West Virginia. And like you well, said, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I know it's going to say from a manufacturing perspective, I think, you know, there's this, you say manufacturing and the visual is a big building, right, you know, that's right. hot and dirty and smokestacks <laughs> and all of that. You know, that is not today's manufacturing. Right. Um, again, you're talking about companies that innovate. Um, they're, they're creating processes that, that create less and less environmental impact. Hmm. Um, you know, they're updating the way things are done. It involves technology, but it also involves more than just line workers. I yeah. mean, you, you've, you're looking at um, research professionals. You're looking at, at scientists and, mm-hmm. and um, thinkers. And then you're looking at all of the companies that can, 
can support those operations. And I think when you talk about your entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and, you know, starting small companies, um, there, there are, you know, I, I've been to some of the manufacturing facilities in West Virginia and it's like going onto a campus. Um, you know, there, there are just so many things that have to happen from research and development to, um, product packaging to product marketing to, you know, the, the HR function in a plant facility that it's a pretty big um, operation and there's a lot of opportunity within that. Yeah. So, Rebecca, if, if, if you're you know, as the president of the West Virginia Manufacturers Association and you, you have an audience of some people listening right now that are thinking about this right now, maybe we've sparked a little interest in them to say, wow, maybe I can start making something. Maybe I start this company that I've been thinking about. What's one piece of advice you would give to an entrepreneur right now thinking about, hey, how can I get into the manufacturing business? Well, I, I think that it's important to understand the industry. Um, I think knowing um, the landscape of manufacturing, the history of manufacturing in any given area, um, and and knowing how to obtain the resources. I think COVID is a good example of this. Um, I imagine many of your listeners and and you as well may have been inundated or or continue to be. I know I am of. And with information related to COVID response and programs that are available. And, you know, I I think being part of a network um, and not not to shamelessly plug the WVMA, because I think there are other organizations out there that can provide um, this type of linkage to and agencies. But but knowing how to get involved and to be part of a broader network of manufacturing, um, I cannot say enough about how cohesive um, our members have been over the last several weeks in dealing with COVID response. Um, Mm -hmm. We have weekly Zoom calls slash video meetings to talk about Mm -hmm. best practices, to Mm -hmm. share information. Um, And I think that makes all the difference in the world. When you've got a network of companies, you know, everyone's resources are going to be different. And so you have a broader um, range of expertise to draw from because of that. And so I think that's critically important to anyone that's considering, you know, looking toward um, being an entrepreneur and starting a small business, whether it's in manufacturing or healthcare or technology, um, get to know your peers and be part of a network that can provide um, Mm. direction and resources. Mm. That's great. That's great. Our guest once again today is Rebecca McPhail. She's the president of the West Virginia Manufacturers Association. Rebecca, uh, what's a a lesson or two that you've learned about leading people in these difficult times the past several weeks? Well, I don't don't profess to um, have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> become an expert in, in leading um, at all. I think, um, I think what is important during these times is to just be a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have worked very hard because our members are overwhelmed with information mm. to try to be um, the place they know that they can go um, to get answers, um, to get concise information, um, and, and relevant information to their industry. Um, so I think communication is always key to that. 
Um, I love that you're doing these daily updates. We send out a brief every day to our members with just just the top line, um, relevant, important information, whether that's, you know, new guidelines from the CDC or the ins and outs of federal legislation and programs. Um, I think it's, it's just being a reliable source of information um, is, is a big plus. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Rebecca, as we wrap up our time here today, what's the best way for people to learn more about you, um, your organization, the West Virginia Manufacturers Association, and even maybe get in touch with you? Sure, um, Jim. They can visit us online at wvma.com. Um, and you'll find everything that you need um, on our website, including my contact information and even my cell phone number, because um, in these days when we're back and <laughs> forth, that's uh, certainly the best way to reach out. But um, we'd be pleased to talk with anyone. All of our contact information, email addresses, phone numbers are available at WVMA.com. And we'd love to hear from you. That's great. Any parting words you'd like to share? No, just just again, a thank you um, to the members of the West Virginia National Guard that have really, yes. in my mind, led these response efforts, our medical professionals and our manufacturers, um, you know, who have not uh, taken a break. They are going to work every day and making the things that we need um, for COVID response and um, just to get through our daily lives. So I, I'm just, again, pleased to represent that group and mm and appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you today, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, My hat's off to all those folks that you mentioned as well. That's great. And uh, I feel like we're in good hands right now. And I know that the the boat is going to be coming into the calm waters soon. <laughs> I, 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 I just feel that. I feel like the storm is is out there still, but, you know, we uh, it's no time to let our let our diligence lapse. Uh, I think we need to keep doing all the things that we're being told to do and social distancing and washing our hands and keeping our fingers away from our face and all that stuff. Right. But, but, uh, but I do feel, um, I do feel optimistic about the future and, and I really appreciate you, Rebecca, sharing, uh, a, just a ton of valuable information about manufacturing and in the future. I, I, I remain very optimistic about the future of West Virginia and I really appreciate what you're doing and I appreciate you as a person. Well, thank you for spreading spreading the word, Jim. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome, folks. That's it for today's Positively West Virginia COVID-19 Daily Business Briefing. My hope is that we brought you some valuable insight and hopefully a, a word or two of inspiration that you can use in your business right now as we all work to navigate these uncharted waters. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for Positively West Virginia Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. We'll be coming to you live every weekday as this pandemic continues with these special edition briefings. Our guest Monday, um, coming up at two o'clock next Monday, will be Ed DaCosta. Ed is a leadership and business coach, and he's an outstanding guy. He's been on the show a couple times and look forward to catching back up with Ed DaCosta on Monday at 2 p.m. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay positive, West Virginia.